Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views Podcast here on Big Review Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show comes to you on Monday of Super Bowl week as we look forward to uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs playing the, the San Francisco 49ers for uh, the Super Bowl title. Today's show will feature two parts. First part will be uh, about Eli Manning. It's the first chance that I've had to uh, to do a show since uh, Manning's press conference on Friday to officially announce his retirement. I'll offer you some thoughts on Eli. We'll also play a couple of clips from uh, former general manager Ernie Accorsi and from former Giant and current Pro Football Hall of Famer Harry Carson regarding their thoughts on Manning as he calls it a career. Later on in the show, we'll also talk with Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Obviously, uh, Arrowhead Pride covers the Kansas City Chiefs and the the Giants' connection to the Super Bowl really at this point is Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo. We will talk to to Pete about Spags and about his contribution to the Chiefs as they've made this run to the Super Bowl. Let's let's start, Giants fans, with a couple of clips from Friday's Manning press conference. You'll hear first from Ernie Accorsi and then from Hall of Famer Harry Carson. It's fulfilling. I mean, you feel good. You know, I, I don't... You need so many other parts for it to happen. You know, you need, like I said, you need Tom Coughlin. You need an organization. You need Ty Ray to make that catch. I mean, so many other things have to happen um, for you to be right about somebody. If he's in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong coach, who knows, okay? Um, but it, it's, it's fulfilling. And I think what I really feel the most is I'm happy he retired this way. When uh, my best friend called me and he said, the headline and the Harrisburg papers, of course, he puts his future on the line with the Manning train. I said, I'm 64 years old. I don't have a future. Okay? <laughs> but, you know, I, I never had a problem rolling the dice if I had to. If you feel, you know, all you can ask for in this business is to have a conviction. If you have a conviction, then really, if you don't go with it, it it's your fault. Uh, you may be wrong, but, um, you know, I took this before. And I, I wasn't. Well, I didn't think I was going to get him, to be honest with you, because I, I, I wasn't making any headway in the trade. I, I was pretty convinced this, when he was his junior year, this scattering report that went viral that has been so, somewhat edited, by the way, over the years, but um, not by me. Right. Uh, pretty, it's convincing that, that uh, you know, that I, I felt pretty strong about it right away the first time I saw it. I was here when he came in, uh, having been traded from um, San Diego to the Giants. I was here. Um, our paths have crossed so many times. Um, we, um, you know, we've had some conversations uh, you know, about playing in New York. Um, he has done an outstanding job representing um, the Giant organization, but also the Manning family. People look at players and they typically only see what they do on the, on the field. Um, 
he did the best that he could do on the field, but he has also done so much for so many people off the field. And I think when you can have an impact on the lives of people dealing with various issues, whether it's kids with cancer and, you know, you walk into a room and you see a kid and, that, and you brighten that kid's day by being there, um, it, is, it, is, it is priceless. All right, those clips from Acorsi and Carson provide just a little glimpse of what we heard and what we saw on Friday out at the Giants facility in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The impressive thing for me as I was there on Friday was really the outpouring of love and appreciation for Manning, not even so much as a player, but as a person. So many former players, so many former coaches, GM Ernie Acorsi, all sorts of of dignitaries there to to be part of of the event as Manning called it a career after 16 great years with the Giants and that was really the impressive thing was people didn't really want to talk about Manning the player as much as they wanted to talk about Manning the teammate Manning the person what he did off the field how he interacted with them how he represented the franchise how he you know how he was such a good teammate how he always showed up for them and and that was impressive to me because let's be honest for all of us it's the most important thing is what type of human being we are what type of person we are and you know a lot of these guys were asked what they thought of Eli Manning's Hall of Fame chances and you guys know if you read Big Blue View, you know that over the weekend I said that I believe Eli Manning is definitely a Hall of Famer. Now listen, I do not believe he gets in on the first ballot. I think that there's going to be a lot of competition. We don't yet know who else will retire other than, you know, Carolina Panthers linebacker Luke Keekley, you know, who will be a first uh a first year eligible Hall of Famer the same year as Eli Manning. But I do believe that eventually Eli gets into the Hall of Fame. I think the farther away we get from his career, the more people will recognize and appreciate the two playoff runs, the two Super Bowls against Tom Brady, and and maybe the memories of some of the the bad toward the end of, of Eli's career, which I will say is largely not Eli Manning's fault. I've said many, many times that I believe the organization let Eli down, you know, much more so than the other way around. So, you know, I believe he's a Hall of Famer. You can go back to Big Blue View and read that piece if you get the opportunity. I would appreciate it if you did, if you haven't done so already. But as I said, I just wanted to get back to the the really, really impressive thing for me as as I went through Friday and as I listened to to so many people speak, Tom Coughlin, Ernie Acorsi, talk to Harry Carson, talk to Daniel Jones about Eli Manning. And the impressive thing was that it just kept coming back to the kind of person that Eli is. And, and for me, you know, I always appreciated Eli as a player, but also as a person, the way he represented the franchise the way he represented himself, the way that uh, that he always deflected blame from his teammates. So, you know, for me, Manning will be missed, and I think we saw that on Friday. 
you know, from the, the outpouring, just from the number of people who made sure to be there uh, for, for Manning as he announced his retirement. So, all right, Giants fans, you know, theoretically or actually in reality, you know, Manning is now the past for the Giants and we have to move toward the future. What we're going to do right now, um, you know, we're, we're in Super Bowl week. We're in sort of a dead period of time for the Giants. We're still waiting to find out how new head coach Joe Judge will finalize his coaching staff. We know most of how that's going to turn out. We'll spend a lot more time on a future show um, dissecting all of the hires and figuring out uh, you know, how we think the pieces of that staff might fit together. Let's actually change gears a little bit here, Giants fans. Let's turn our attention to the upcoming Super Bowl and to uh, former Giants defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, who will be leading the Kansas City defense on Sunday in that Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. We know that a lot of, uh, of Giants fans were uh, disappointed a couple of years back when the Giants let Spagnolo go and and brought in James Betcher as defensive coordinator for Pat Shermer. All I can say at this point is I'm happy for Spags. I too, you know, kind of wish that the Giants had stayed with Spagnolo. What I've always said about Spags is that I think he's a terrific coach. I think that he is a guy who, given talent to work with, given good players, given smart players, he can really do a good job in building a defense. And I think we've seen that with Kansas City in 2019. That is a team that, uh, that you know, after last year, they fired their defensive coordinator, they brought in Spags, they changed their defensive system, they gave him a lot of what he wanted to work with in Kansas City. And what happened there with the Chiefs this year reminds me a little bit of what happened in 2007, where that defensive unit in Kansas City didn't mesh right away, but got better and better as the season went along. And to be honest, I feel really good for Spags. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's had success in Kansas City, that he gets this opportunity to be back in the Super Bowl and after we come back from the break that we're about to take here, Giants fans, I'll play for you an interview that I did with Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, which covers the Kansas City Chiefs for SB Nation, about Spags and his contribution to the Chiefs. All right, Giants fans, Ed Valentine back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. A little different topic for you right now, obviously. We have a Super Bowl coming up between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, one of the uh, the overlooked things about this game is the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense. And, and that involves one of the few actual Giants connections to this game. That being the fact that the Chiefs defense is coordinated by former Giants coordinator and briefly interim head coach Steve Spagnolo. So here to uh, talk about Spags and the, and the job that he's done in Kansas City is Pete Sweeney of SP Nation's Arrowhead Pride. Pete, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, Ed, thank you for having me on. Hey, and you know, congratulations on on the Chiefs uh, getting to the Super Bowl. I know Giants fans have uh, have mixed feelings about Andy Reid, but but congratulations nonetheless. 
<laughs> Thank you. Yes, we're excited to head down to Miami. It's been a been a long time, uh, long time coming for the Chiefs. So uh, I know it's an exciting time. Giants fans have been through it a couple times, although uh, not in the last few years. But it, it really is is a, an exciting, fun time for any fan base. Yeah, no doubt about it. You should see Kansas City right now. It it is almost to the point of electric. I would say it reminds me a couple of years back when the Royals suddenly were relevant and were able to push toward the World Series. And now you have people in Kansas City, and it's a mixture of excitement and almost that they can't believe it. And so it's a cool time to be uh, right here in the Midwest. Well, let's talk about Steve Spagnolo, and you know one of the uh, one of the Chiefs who's actually been through this, obviously with the Giants back in two thousand and seven, and. Spags, I I think uh, you know after leaving the Giants, he was out of the league a year ago. Got got a chance in Kansas City you know, to uh, to run that defense. Just tell me a little bit about what Spagnolo has meant, you know, to the Chiefs during this run. Yeah, <clears throat> he's really been a point for them uh, of someone who they could have confidence in, someone they could turn to, and he gives off this pseudo father vibe. I think that maybe Giants fans can remember from his time with with New York. And what's interesting about this is it started in the offseason. The Chiefs went from Bob Sutton's 3-4 to Spagnolo in the 4-3 look. And what Spags was able to do was bring in his own coaching staff. One of those coaches includes uh, cornerbacks, defensive backs coach Sam Madison, who has been really good with a lot of these players. And he, Spagnolo also was able to sit down with Chief GM Brett Veach, and they evaluated the roster and said, I like this guy, I don't like this guy, I like this guy, here's why. They evaluated the free agents who would become available, and Steve Spagnuolo and Brett Veach reportedly played a big role in in making sure they highlighted Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark. So the Chiefs go and trade and sign Frank Clark, and they said goodbye to some really big pieces in Eric Berry, Justin Houston, and D. Ford, and supposedly uh, Spagnola was in that mix. So that foundation from the get-go was important and good for the Chiefs for getting spags and they feel like they have the right guy well you do most definitely have to um you have to bring in the right pieces to 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 run you know whatever system a coordinator wants to run how hard was the change in Kansas City you know from the from the three four two to what spags wants to run the four three the more aggressive uh the the, the more aggressive kind of you know, kind of scheme that he runs. Yeah, and I, I think because of these big personalities like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, the 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 job that that Veach and Spags were able to do in just one year's time, turn over the defense in one year, was impressive. And, and <laughs> if if you were think about how they said goodbye to guys like Eric Berry and Justin Houston, um, those were key guys in Kansas City. Guys, fans loved, and so fans were ready to say goodbye to Bob Sutton. But that was a little bit of a shock. And then you had struggles at the beginning of the year. And Spagnola would come to the microphone and say, we just need time. Andy Reid would say, we just need time. And I asked Andy Reid about that process the other day. And one of the things he told me was, look, part of the reason for the success was because he built this staff. He knew that they were confident in his system, in what they were trying to do. And at some point along the lines here, it would click. And that happened for the Chiefs after about week 10, week 11. They lost to the Tennessee Titans and haven't lost since. And uh, again, kudos to, to Spagnolo 
and his staff. And, and Spags truly has become one of the beloved figures here in Kansas City. It reminds me, Pete, I don't know if you're familiar, if you remember what happened with the Giants, you know, in 2007, you know, leading up to that 2008 Super Bowl, where the first couple of games under Spags as uh, as a rookie defensive coordinator at the time were really, really, really ugly. The Giants gave up a lot of points. They lost really badly. And then... I think it was week three or so they made a really, really big goal line stand. I think it was against the Washington Redskins, you know, and, and from there it just sort of took off, you know, it just reminds me of that where, as you said, it took time. It just feels the same way where it took time, but it's all coming together, you know, for that championship run right when you want it to happen. Does it, does it feel that way to you as well? Yeah, and I remember some press conference during training camp where one of the questions that that for some reason sticks with me was they were asking Spagnolo how lofty could he set his goals for the system in year one because he has had years in the past where he struggled early on. And one thing that he said was, I, I understand that aspect of it now. I have experience. Last year was the first year he took off from football since 1980. So he was able to sort of get introspective a little bit and say, okay, maybe in year one we won't be able to get as exotic as we might be able to in year two or year three with some of the similar faces. And I think that simplicity, that making guys reads and and what they have to do as far as being gap sound and so on and so forth and just making it simple has led to this success and it clicking here at the end. And the Chiefs players, you could tell, really buy into the system. And I think that goes right back to Spagnuolo. I'm curious, you know, he does have, you know, he was here with the Giants twice as defensive coordinator, and he's got a mixed bag in terms of resume. Obviously really, really successful his first time around with the Giants. Really bad tenure in St. Louis as a head coach. A couple of bad defenses that he ran, one in New York and one actually in uh, in New Orleans, which I think was a historically bad defense. But again, in even in his second tenure in New York, some success when he had, you know, good defensive players. So I guess my question is, when he was hired by Andy Reid, was there some some trepidation in the Kansas City fan base just based simply on that on that sort of mixed bag resume that he's got? Yeah, well, Chiefs fans are 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 wild, and so they look at every move and break it down with a microscope. And so there were certain people on both ends of this, and some were pointing to his lack of success in initial years, and some were pointing to the head coaching years. Others were saying, "How could the system work here?" with some of the players that the Chiefs had. And, and yeah, it was mixed feelings. And at the beginning of the year and even towards the middle, you know, I, I, I said that I don't feel like the defense really clicked until you know, week 10 or week 11. That's halfway. That's more than halfway past the year. And the Andy Reid and, and Spagnuolo, they were, they were tried and true. I mean, they, they kept saying, you know, we just need time. We just need time. And it was getting late early, as uh, New Yorkers can relate to with with Yogi Berra. And uh, eventually it really did click. And for for me, it all runs through Tyron Matthew. He's been a blessing for the Chiefs both on and off the field. He's one of those guys that is playing in 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 a way that he almost makes himself worth two guys based upon all the things he could do and how quickly he can move about the field. 
And Spagnolo's tendency here too was again with the personnel. He wanted bigger bodies up front. And the Chiefs went out and did that. And, you know, for example, a guy like there's a guy named Tano Pasnio who isn't well known probably anywhere but Kansas City. But everyone just wrote him off and we thought that this defensive end edge player would be gone and Spagnolo, when we asked about him initially when he came was no I like this guy because he's big lengthy and he stuck with them it wasn't a case of he was going to be pushed in one way or another and I think you're seeing the results of of what he was able to do yeah it's interesting I remember uh, sitting in a press conference with Spags when he started his second tenure with the Giants and and he was asked a similar question about how quickly can you turn this around? How quickly can you, you know, can you get this defense going again? Can you repeat the success that you had in 2007 and 2008? And he said, "Look, I'm not a miracle worker. I'm an I'm a coach. You know, he he said I can't it basically it depends on the people that I'm given." And that's what I've always looked at Spags as is a guy who, if you give him the right pieces, if you give him players that can that can play, if you give him guys who can rush the passer, he he knows what to do with them. And and I'm I'm assuming that that as the year has gone on in in Kansas City, that's kind of what you've seen over there. Yeah, and and something that sticks to me too is at training camp when Patrick Mahomes was asked about the defense, and even initially he was like, "This is vastly different than last year." I mean, Patrick Mahomes came into this season as the reigning MVP, and Spagnola was putting out different looks and confusing Mahomes. Mahomes was admitting that much different than last year. So right from the get go, there was this idea that he was going to improve the defense and not that that's the hardest thing because the chiefs were among the worst last year, but he's made it among the best, which you're right. I think it really has a lot to do with the personnel, which I've mentioned a a few times. I think he was allowed to pick and choose who he wanted to keep on last team and then ask Brett Veach, the type of player that he wanted for these different spots. And so one thing led to another, and and he had exactly what is what he wanted as far as personnel when it came to his staff. I you know I told you guys about Sam Madison, and then being able to actually pick and choose the players like a draft. I mean, how often do you fall into a situation like that in the NFL? Sometimes you're just given what 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 has been left over, and so perfect situation. And you've seen how he's been able to succeed. What I wonder, like, what's next for this? If the Chiefs are able to get to a few Super Bowls here, if they are able to win one coming up next Sunday, does he get another look at a head coaching opportunity? I don't necessarily know if it'll be this year, but I think I think he'll get one more chance at that sometime in the future. That will be interesting, Pete. I know that there are still Giants fans who wish that the Giants had, had decided to keep uh, – Spagnola on, you know, when Pat Shermer became head coach a couple of years ago, but uh, I I doubt that there are any Giants fans out there who wish Spags anything but the best. I know I feel really good for him, and uh, I just uh, you know, good luck to you guys in the Super Bowl. I wanted to thank you for coming on. Um, tell folks, uh, you know, while while I've got you on, tell folks what your your Super Bowl coverage is going to look like over there at Arrowhead Pride. Yeah, if you want Chiefs-specific coverage, uh, you can go to arrowheadpride.com. My personal Twitter is PG Sween, and so I'll be reporting from the ground in Miami. And then just SB Nation in general, SBNation.com, SB Nation social media. I'll be working with Kyle of the 49ers website to just try to bring you as some unique content as we can. We're really looking forward to going down there. And, uh, again, wish you luck with – 
with Joe Judge. I hope I hope he's the one that sticks, and uh, we'll see what happens here in the Super Bowl. All right, Pete, thanks for coming on, and we'll talk to you again. Bye-bye. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for today. Our thanks to Pete Sweeney for, for spending some time with us and dropping some knowledge on us about Steve Spagnolo. Thanks to all of you for listening. In case you uh, you hadn't noticed, uh, Big Blue View, I mentioned over the weekend that we crossed the 100,000 download barrier for the month of January. That's the first time we've done that here on Big Blue View Radio. Just wanted to thank all of the all of you who listened to the Valentine's Views podcast and to the Chris and Joe show. We uh, we hope to continue providing you with with as as much good content, you know, about the draft, about free agency, as many interviews as we can throughout the off season. We thank you for your support, and uh, we ask you to please remember to to subscribe, give us ratings on, on iTunes if that's where you happen to uh, you happen to listen to the show. Let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. Uh, what kind of content you might like to to hear, and uh, at, just wanted to to say that you know we do definitely thank you for for your support. This show is is growing like crazy. We're we're happy about that. Obviously, we couldn't do that you know if you guys weren't enjoying the content and downloading it. So we thank you for that. And Giants fans, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye.